Welcome to the Sport Exchange with me, John Robbie. Hi guys, welcome to the Sport Exchange podcast where we meet sporting personalities and learn about their lives and their life stories. Today on the Sport Exchange podcast, we meet perhaps the greatest exponent of his craft in the world. He's not an express bowler, but he's a wicket taker extreme and an inspiration to young kids everywhere. Welcome Vernon Philander. Vernon, thanks for coming in. Nice talking to you. Afternoon, yeah. Thanks for having me. Can I start off? Sean Pollock calls you Vernon Philander, and everyone else calls you Philander. How do you pronounce your name? You know what, Alex? I'm actually not too phased about it, because I've also been called Pilander before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Philander, Philander. No, what, really is you, what, is, what, what do your family call yourself? Oh, Philander, sir. Philander, yeah, okay. That's, Tell that's the, Sean that's Pollock. The pronunciation behind it. <laughs> Where are you at the moment? I mean, it's so confusing following cricket at the moment, because there's so much going on. Now we've got the Mzanzi League that's come through. You're part of the Durban franchise, etc. Where are you in terms of career, in terms of fitness, in terms of your your cricketing head at the moment yeah so i mean i just recovered from an ankle injury um that i've picked up probably over the years of playing um literally just got back probably the last three and a half four weeks you know back onto the park um body's holding up nicely um fitness is going quite nicely you as look well. very and, fit uh, i must say you lost a bit of weight eh? yeah i have uh yeah i mean you've got to make sure that the ankle lasts another four or five years yeah <laughs> um but yeah in saying that i think yeah i mean everything's been going well this far um obviously we partaking in the in the Mzanzi league like you mentioned um, playing for the Durban heat a little bit away from home um yeah so really excited about you know the upcoming series as well you know Pakistan yep. coming up obviously you know, next month and then after Sri Lanka um but yeah I think it's a it's it's a wonderful year ahead for us as a, as a national team you know you've got a world cup a bit later on next year so lots to look forward to and yeah hopefully the body keeps up and uh, yeah I mean you know take a lot more wickets for South Africa how old are you now I'm a wonderful young 33. <laughs> 33. I mean, in years gone by, you would look at perhaps retirement. But people used to retire partly because they had to then look at a, another career after cricket. I think cricket is going to go on a little bit longer now. You say another four or five years? Yeah, probably four, if I'm realistic. Um, look, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, the way the guy's been managed these days, um, you know, does give you the option of playing a little bit longer than back in the day. Um in saying that, I mean, we also have one eye on, you know, obviously what you're going to do after mm. after cricket. So, yeah, I mean, you you try and line a few things up for you, obviously for yourself, you know, moving into that space. And uh, obviously, you know, with me just having my first child a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, congratulations. Um, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does, you know, give you an eye opener as to, you know, the other side of life as well. So, I mean, yeah, all in all, we, we're in a good state. Um, like I said, probably four more years. Why are you so good? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm ser- I'm serious. You 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 you're not very fast. There there doesn't seem to be anything incredible about you, and yet your your record and the way some of the greats in cricket speak about you is 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 extraordinary. If if you're so good, why are other people not as good as you? Do you understand where I'm coming from? From why do you think you've done so well? Look, I think from a very young age, um, I looked I looked at guys, you know, bowling. I looked at Glenn McGraw, I looked at Polly. Um, you know, those are two of the guys that always stood out for me because um, they weren't really quick bowlers, but, mm. you know, they were guys that, that, that always put betters under pressure. And I, I molded my game around those two guys. And, I mean, one thing that stood out for me was the simplicity, you know, how simple they keep it. Um, and then second of all, you know, yeah, you've, you work out little skills for yourself. I mean, uh, you can coach people as much as you want, but, you know, unless you've got the skill set and the confidence of, 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 of going executing it, 
um, you know, it doesn't really, you know, obviously help you. So for me, it was really from that young age to get that skill set number one, and then being comfortable to, you know, produce, you know, when the time is right. And, right well, let's let's go, go, deep, most, let's go deeper into that skill set. What is the skill set? Well, I mean, for me, the skill set number one is consistency. Um, mm. You know, I think the hardest thing in life is to be consistent. Um, I mean, yeah, in, in whatever form of life, you know, we're talking about. Um, so for me, it was that line in length, you know, how consistent can, you know, can I hit it? And uh, I worked with a guy called uh, Richard Pibus. Mm. And, you know, he came from from the Titans down to Western Province or Cape Cobras, as we are now. And he said to me, look, I'm going to put a little chart down for you and I want to see how many times you can hit it. And I think out of the six balls, I probably hit it five times. And, he's, and he just went, geez, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, why are you not playing for South Africa? And I think, you know, ever since that season, I obviously got picked for South Africa. And and yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's just to be con- as consistent as possible. Um, but but you were you were something of of a prodigy as well, weren't you? In in, in I mean, you know, you come from a um, how shall I say a, a, a modest background, if I can mm. put it that way. You didn't come up through a rich background, mm. a fancy schools, and, and and coaching and so on. And yet, you were almost a prodigy uh, at a young age. Where, where did it all stem from? Then was was there a moment where you suddenly said, "Cricket is for me"? No, I wouldn't even say that. I think I just enjoyed sport um, in general. I mean, I played rugby, I played cricket, I played soccer. Um, Were you so, good at the other sports? Yeah, I was relatively good at that as well. Um, but like I said, you know, for me, I, I got to high school and I mean, you know, cricket slowly but surely started to take over and, you know, and I really started to enjoy it. Um, I played senior cricket from a very young age. 14, so I think, didn't 13, you? Yeah. 14, yeah. Um, I, and yeah, I mean, ever since, I mean, to be quite honest with you, when I started playing junior cricket, I didn't even know what Western Province were, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I was just there to enjoy myself, to have fun. And I mean, all of, all of those things really paid off, you know, later down the line. I mean, putting in the hours, you know, and, and, and it was all, you know, just enjoying myself. It was never really with the end focus of playing for South Africa one day. It was never, I mean, I never really had an eye on, you know, I want to be playing for Western Province or South Africa one day. To me, it was about enjoying that moment which I partake in and, you know. But why, why cricket, not soccer? I mean, you think of you know, Benny McCarthy, you think of the guys who come, Mark Williams, who've come through, they've, you know, gone, traveled the world, made huge amounts of money, mm. etc. If you were good at all three sports, I would have thought soccer would have been the one. Yeah, I mean, I've never really actually looked at that either. I mean, yeah. to me, it was, like I said, just enjoying what I was doing. I mean, I enjoyed being on, on the cricket field, on the rugby field, on the soccer field. And like I said, probably halfway through my high school career, I, I, cricket just, you know, was the one that stood out for me. And it was never really a money thing either. It, yeah. it, it was, you know, just what I enjoyed most. And yeah, I mean, from there, I took it obviously into... You know, playing for Western Province, all the all the junior levels, and then into the Western Province amateur team. And I mean, there also came a time in my Western Province, I think, amateur team. You know, when I just started playing there, where I was thinking, you know, what am I actually going to do here? <laughs> am I going to go and study further? And, and yeah, and, yeah. And, but this and, is what we want. We want to explore. Yeah. So you suddenly thought, I'm good. Yeah. But now I've got a decision yeah, to make. So, Tell us about that. Yeah. So I mean, it, it it was a tough one because I mean, I was I was ready to go study as well. I mean, you know, to get what some, were you going to study? I was looking at chartered accountancy, you know, to get something behind my name, first of all. Um, and then that very same year, I got selected for the Western Province side, you know, which is the, the senior side. And 
at the end of that year, I got I got a phone call by Arterton and said, listen, yeah, we're going to offer you a contract. And I mean, then life, you know, <laughs> started to become a little bit interesting. So, I mean, because I had to make a choice. It was either I was going to study uh, full time or I was going to play cricket. Um, what did your mum say? Because I know she's had an amazing yeah, influence on your life. She, yeah, she was, she was backing Bonnie, me. Bonnie, isn't it? Yeah, Bonnie, yeah. yeah. She was backing me throughout. Um, she said, look, whatever decision you're going to take, I'm there to support you. Um, it's, it's completely your decision. And... It was tough for me because, I mean, I, I really would have loved to study a little bit as well. Um, mm. But unfortunately, well, not for, fortunately for me <laughs> now, uh, looking back at things. Um, yeah, so I, I said to her, look, okay, I'm going to give it a year or two, you know, see how the cricket plans out. If it, if it doesn't work out, I can always come back and study again. But I don't think I'm going to get another opportunity like that. Yeah. And I mean, geez, I walked into that, yeah, that environment, you know, with that, yeah, that great players around you. And I mean, again... Having done what I've done to simply enjoy my sport, I mean, obviously, yeah, you walk into this changing room, you know, wow, you know, you've got all these greats, you know, sitting. Who is there? Give us some of the names. Who I mean, are there? Yeah, when I walked in there, it was Graham, it was Callis, Herschel, Boucher, Herschel, Aswell. Yeah. I mean, so it was, it was, it was a mean, it was a mean machine. I mean, Dawson, Willoughby. Yeah. So, yeah, those were the guys. How do they treat you, this kid who'd sort of come from nowhere? <laughs> Um, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't I mean, very quick. <laughs> nah, to be quite honest with you, I mean, I was, I was actually, yeah, quite welcome, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, the guys are great. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, when you play provincial level, it's a bit different to the national side. Um, but yeah, the guys opened, you know, yeah, welcoming with open arms, and I mean, it was good to, to actually chat to guys like Aswell and and and, and these guys, you know, that come from similar sort of backgrounds as to what I came from. Um, but again, in saying that. I mean, I, I got there based on obviously my performances and also the mere fact that I was enjoying what I was doing. Um, mm. And is there a, is there a lesson there then? I mean, if you're talking to kids, because you think of a lot of kids who are very very good at sport, and whether it's their parents, whether it's the glamour and the money, whatever. I've I come across quite a few professional sportsmen who are not very happy. You know, is is there a lesson there that says? unless you absolutely enjoy it. John Bland, the golfer, mm. said when he's not playing professional golf, he plays golf with his mates because that's what he enjoys. He enjoys playing golf. Yeah, look, I mean, I've, I've done a chat a couple of weeks ago at, at, a, at, a, at a school conference. Um, mm. And, you know, the thing that really stood out for me in, in, in my school school career and also going through, you know, the first part of my cricket career was, like I said earlier, I enjoyed what I was doing. And I feel, because I've also played junior junior level cricket you know mm. and i feel a lot of parents live their lives through their children which here, is here. which is wrong you know what yeah. i mean and that's where you really take out the enjoyment factor so you basically force your child to play cricket and you'll buy him the best kit mm. ever or, or you buy him the best equipment you know and that to me is wrong because he should you should you should have a choice as to what you want to do and i mean yeah. that's where i think you know people get it wrong and then he doesn't want to let his parents down and they've spent all this money so maybe he grinds away yeah. eh? and now you get you get to later you know later down in life and you actually find out that you've wasted three four five years of your life doing something that you don't really like but you did it because of the sake yeah. of your parents you know what i mean and I, I always encourage children to play and partake in anything you know sport academics you know be active outdoors because you'll find something that you're gonna like, yeah, and that's and that's the thing that you'll have to take away. And I mean, similar to to me, I mean, yes, I enjoy my batting, I enjoy my bowling. But there came a time where I was like, Geez, you know, I actually enjoy this bowling. You know, you know, you had this bowling story, and for the mere fact that I could get people out, and you know, people better hate it. 
<laughs> you can, you, I mean, you can you can you can ask any sort of better. I mean, yeah. you, you can throw I can throw quick oaks in there, and I mean, yeah, you can, he's going to bowl you a bump or two. But the worst fear for anybody is getting out, and yeah. you know, and I sort of you know, sort of, yeah, this is fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> getting oaks out, you know, and giving what's the best wicket you've ever got? Look at all your wickets, Test wickets. I talk Test cricket. What's the one you 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 think back on and say that is my favourite? For me, any Australian, eh? <laughs> as long as you can send those eggs packing, <laughs> happy days. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a very arrogant nation, um, but yeah, we love it. I mean, it's it's good fun, you know. Yeah, they're competitive. Uh, what do what do you feel looking at them now, where they're tearing themselves apart? I mean, even today, now I see Michael Clark is is up in arms because some ex players have said he's responsible for them going over the line and so on and so on. I mean, they seem to be in a really really bad phase. Do you look upon that with uh, a sense of gloating, a sense of pleasure? No, absolutely not. I actually feel for them to be quite honest with you, because I mean, we're all sportsmen at the end of the day. Um, you know, you're gonna cross the line maybe once or twice in your career. And I mean, mm. you wouldn't want that to be the end result of it. Because um, you were called as well, in, weren't you? Yeah, in yeah. saying that, I mean, there is a fine line, um, you know, and I mean, to take foreign objects on the field, Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, look up to us, you know, I mean, yeah, we've got to take that responsibility as well. So it, it doesn't just stop with us. I mean, it stops with, you know, young yeah, youngsters coming through, kids playing at school level. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you've got to take the flag for it. I mean, I, I got found once, you know, trying to take um, sand out of the ball and so on. Well. Talk, talk us through that. Explain that again. That so, was Sri Lanka, was it? Yeah, uh, was Sri Lanka? Yeah, it was in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Fuff threw me the ball and there was mud pieces on the ball. And I actually spoke to the umpire before it and I said to him, look, I'm going to clean it. But it was naughty camera work. So, um, you know, they've got it once or twice, you know, yeah. I actually took out the sand out of the out of the grooves and I got called in after the meds and said listen yeah we yeah, yeah we're gonna you know obviously find you with you know what did they say you were doing the using the sand no you just said well it looked like I was picking the ball ah um, I see yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't really a, a, a bad offense but yeah so you weren't you were totally innocent well I took out the, the sand obviously yeah um, you know which he then said well you're not allowed to do it but I said to him, I asked Amp, and he gave me permission. And it was a, it was a this way, that way, this way, that yeah. way. Because I'm, I'm fascinated the line between what is acceptable. Because, you know, I think it was somebody said, all bowlers cheat to an extent. But there's a, a one that is almost acceptable. And then obviously the foreign objects, etc. Yeah. Where, where, where do you feel about it now? Going on to, to play with such an emphasis now on this issue. I mean, does, what, 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 what are your thought process in the terms of what's acceptable, what's not? I think for me, the ICC need to be a lot more firm on this, you know? Yeah. And, and, and they need to make a rule and say, listen, you know, you're either allowed to have chewing gum switch in your mouth or you're not. Um, you're either allowed to use your fingers to clean the ball or not. Because the sugar can yeah, harden on the ball and affect yeah, it, isn't so that right? Yeah. The sugar in the saliva, obviously, yeah. you know, sweetens it up, signs it, and the ball will swing a little bit, obviously. Um, so they need to be a lot more firm on it. Um, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the reverse ring is a part of the game. And I mean, it'd be a sin to kill it. Well, otherwise everyone would be scoring you know 200s, I mean? you know, it'd be ridiculous. How, how how people go about it, you know, that's the yeah, that's yeah. the debatable question. You know, are, are you going to allow people to, to use their fingernails or whatever it is or foreign objects? <laughs> um, you know, yeah, which we all clearly know it's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's obviously not... Um, a lot, um, but yeah, like I said, the ICC needs to be a lot more firm on that, and they need to clamp down on obviously, you know, or impose a lot more harsher sentences for Oaks that's obviously yeah, going to do it, you yeah. know. And I think once you impose those sort of things, 
will the line then become a, little, a lot more clearer for people not to? Uh, what not about, to what about the sledging side of things? I mean, we know it got we, with Quinton and 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 uh, David Warner and so on. That got that got crazy. I'd say you'd be a pretty good sledger given your background <laughs> and given the humour that that comes from your your community traditionally. Did you enjoy sledging? Yeah, I love it. Um, look, I mean. I think sledging is all about, you know, whether you take it personally or not. Uh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, if people do take it personally, which means, you know, yeah, you're allowed to get on their skin. And that's what sledging really is about. Yeah. Um, and, and in saying that, over the last sort of while, things became a lot personal. You know what I mean? It, it didn't it didn't just end up, you know, with being a sledge. It, it became mm. really personal. And I think that's where people also cross the line. And I mean... Yeah, the Aussies have been doing it for for years. You know, they've did they ever upset you? What what are they attacking? Would you have attacked you on your race, on your color, on you know what what would they have targeted you on? Nah, you know what they they just being silly at times. You know, so yeah. they'll call you a fat bastard or whatever. You know, yeah, so yeah. they already they really just want to irritate you. Um, and I mean they'll throw little, little comments around. You know, amongst them, you know, obviously not making it you know, too, you know, too direct at you, but, you know, you, you can hear it, yeah. you obviously yeah. hear it. So, I mean, yeah. But like I said, it's, it's either you can handle it or you can't handle it. Do you I talk mean, back? No, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll get my chance to, to give it back oh, to I them, see. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I mean, the, the best way to respond there is basically just to take them on with, you know, with the ball or with the bat. Yeah. Um, and they absolutely hate it because, they they sort of team they'll come they, I call them a, a bunch of high school bullies so they'll come and they'll give you everything for the first yeah. sort of half an hour and if you don't fight back they'll walk over you but if you show a little bit of resistance or a little bit of fight yeah they back off and I think that's why we were so successful against them because we never stood back yeah um, you know when we go I mean we've been down there three times now and we've beaten them on their home so three test series in a row I mean no no other team has ever done it so it's 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 about allowing them to do what they want, but also to remember that hey, I need to fight. You know what I mean? And it, what's it like the first time you experience fight? I mean, the fight all it doesn't always mean that you've got to give it back to them verbally. You know? What yeah. Mean? Look, yeah, the first time was I mean it was strange because you know you're an international level and you've got these oaks. I mean, obviously they've been you know good cricketers over the years, and I mean you've got these oaks that you've looked up to and mm. now play against. And then all of a sudden, you know, these oaks starts chirping you as well on top of it. Um, you lose respect, eh? You do. Um, yeah, you do. Have Anyone a, in particular lost your respect? Uh, Michael Clark. Uh, we played a test match at Newlands and the game was getting quite hot at the back end there. We, I think myself and Dale was betting and we needed to face another five or six overs. Mm. And he actually asked one of the guys to bowl me a beamer. And he bowled a beamer? Me, he bowled me a full toss, yeah, but he hit me in the rip, yeah. And... Dale lost it, you know, and Dale just said, you know, it's obviously nonsense, you know, mm. guys, we are we all professional sportsmen. And then Clark, he just tell him to piss off, and, you know, and so, yeah, so that got quite heated up. Yeah. And I mean, I just said, guys, I mean, there's no need for this. And then Mike, uh, Mitchell Johnson bowled me a bouncer straight after that. Oof. And it both clipped my glove, but my hand was off the bat, so it's, it's obviously not deemed, deemed not out. <laughs> and yeah, he, Michael Clark had to go at umpire. And then they'll just tell him, listen, you know, this is not on. You know, yeah, we're all professional sportsmen. If you had anything, sort it out afterwards. But the, the season is not out. You can't ever go to the on-field umpire. Yeah. And he basically told Dale to piss off. And 
that became a whole heated, you know, little thing. So, you, as well. you, do you think he was responsible then for the Australians crossing the line? Because at the moment he's denying it. One of the Australians said he was the one who actually set the tone. Is that? Look, or would, would you comment on that? Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I mean, it's it's, it's a way of play for them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, to pinpoint one individually, it's going to be wrong. I mean, it's obviously a style of play that I've been having for a couple of years. And yeah, it's, it's worked for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, to pinpoint one individually, I think it's going to be wrong. I mean, it's just that you know it's been coming for a while. But so. when you get to a stage where you're not having a beer with the guys afterwards, that's sad, isn't it? Absolutely. So I mean, I'm I'm all for give it your all out in the park. Mm. You know, have fun, go down. I mean, <laughs> if it goes down to the wire, you know, yeah. and you and you need to you know use a bit of bravado, use it. But at the end of the day, it's it's a game. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. Have a beer. I mean, we all, you know, human beings at the end of yes, the day. And yes. I mean, make mates. I mean, you know, life. I mean, life is short. As, as at it the is, moment, you know. how is the relationship between South Africa and Australia? Yeah, I mean, we still have a drink with the guys um, yeah. after, after the series. I mean, it's, yeah, that's you know, yeah, that hasn't changed. Um, even you know, when we played against them, when they were going on like that, yeah, we still yeah. had a drink with them. Um, you know, so yeah, from that point of view, yeah, I mean, yeah, we are we only human at the end of the day, so. Really just to <laughs> t- t- tell us about I mean the Cape Flats is almost synonymous now with gangsterism social problems drugs gangs mm. we all know about that mm. and I know that you've been involved in a documentary mm. to try and and become a role model and and, and present another way mm. how how tough is life in the Cape Flats and and, and your experiences I mean you you kept on the straight and narrow could mm. you have gone the other way absolutely um, look there's, there's only two ways, you know, when you come from the Cape Flats. It's either you're going to join those guys or, you know, you're going to try and find a, a, mm. a different way of life. Um, for me personally, I mean, going back into those sort of communities, it is actually just getting worse by the year, um, you know, which is quite sad. I mean, you know, we'd have thought that, you know, we... By now in a democratic country, yeah. In a democratic yeah. country, we would have had, you know, opportunity, we'd have created, you know some skills for those guys to actually you know upskill themselves and, and and find a different way of, of life but in saying that i mean you can imagine to yourself you know if you if you put a couple of families in one home and there's no one working yeah the only way out is either gangsterism or he's going to go and you know mug someone you know to make a living crime or, yeah or, or, or upkeep and i mean my view and 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 vision for my foundation i mean you probably saw the documentary yes was to create opportunity because I mean you, you can give people as much you know skills as you want if there's no opportunity there's still no jobs mm. there's still no mm. income and you know that's my focus probably you know beyond cricket you know to to go back into those communities and, and, and really you know and saying motivate I mean motivate is also you know almost not good enough anymore mm. um, you know people live by what they see and that for us is to create opportunity number one you know and how do you do that it's difficult because you know you you really have to get you know your big corporates on board you know mm. and and they need to come on board and say listen you know we'll give you an opportunity or we'll create opportunity for however many and look you're not going to be able to change the entire cape flat sure. but if you can change a couple of lives you know which will then become role models for the next bets coming through and that's really the focus you know it's, it's to take five at a time or ten at a time and really to give them an opportunity and and know and, and ask them you know once you've got an opportunity and step into a job to go back into those schools and all mm. those communities and, and and make a difference in someone else's life and what know? are the kids when you're talking about this 
Do you see them bored? Do you see them looking up at a famous cricketer? Or do you see them, you know, getting it? You know what? Every time I go back there, you've, you've, you've got the sense that, you know, they are so excited about seeing, you know, obviously someone that's, mm. you know, made it in, 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 in coming from the, you know, similar area. But they're also looking at you, obviously, and knowing their own surroundings, um, you know, and obviously knowing what their parents are facing yeah. and their own families are facing. It's, it, it's almost a... I almost get the feeling it's insecurity and also, you know, where am I going to go one day? Um, you know, yeah, you guys are all talking about, you know, go out and be the best that you can yeah. be, but is there really an opportunity for me out there? And I think that's something that we need to drive a lot harder, you know, in, in people's minds and especially young kids. Um, well, of course, it needs leadership. And the problem is that the country has been on hold with a corrupt government for 10 years. We know that. And I suppose we, we live in hope that things are going to improve from now on in. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, we can just go out and, you know, like I said, try and create opportunity. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's what life Does is Does it put about. pressure on you as a, as a role model, as somebody from that background? I mean, I've spoken the same thing with some of the soccer players, you know. Does that put pressure on on you because in a way you're under a microscope aren't you it doesn't put pressure on me i mean i put pressure on myself to to be mm. able to you know afford someone an opportunity in life um and i mean you know i was fortunate enough obviously you know to also start my own construction company so i go out there is that still I, going yeah we've, Fantastic. Well, we've literally just started it so yeah so I've literally gone and I've taken guys from those communities, you know, and so all my all my all my contractors would be from the communities, you know what I mean? So that's basically giving Oaks a chance. And also, you know, because we're busy with quite you know, quite a few projects, I'm then able to even create more jobs. So, mm. you know, you, you get the electrician and I'll say, Listen, get two more oaks from Ravensmeet, you know, and he'll bring two along and in that way you get a domino effect, you know, so you, yeah. get, you, you get to put the bread on someone's table. Um, and that to me is mu it's much more important than, you know, going out to a school field. Or what, what do you build? Do you build houses? Do you build big, small? What yeah, do you so do? We, so we're into houses now. We've, yeah. Yeah, we've literally just started, you know, so we were fortunate that, you know, we got a couple of plots in a, in a, in a, in a development. Yeah. And we're going to start building and we're also going to start building for, you know, obviously for other people as well. So... How do, how do people get in touch with you? If people want to get in touch with you, it's like, only in the Cape Town area, obviously. Yeah, so it's it's in the Stellenbosch area. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, that's quite a lucrative market. Um, yeah. And it's affordable housing as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we've lit, like I said, we've literally just started. <laughs> we've literally just, you know, uh, okay. started the Okay. Do you company. have a name? Do you have a website? So, yeah, we don't have a website yet. Yeah. But uh, the property company that I'm linked with is Prime Grow Properties. Prime Grow. Prime Grow Properties. Yeah. yeah. So I'm linked with them, and then my company's VDP projects. Right. That will be up and running as of 1 Jan. Fantastic. But it's all lawns and everything, so we just... All right. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely stick that up and details on it and, and, and punt that, that yeah. side of things. Somebody, somebody said that you were the longest... You had to wait longer than anyone else to be an overnight sensation. Because <laughs> I'd forgotten, you played against Ireland way, way back in an ODI, didn't you? Yeah, Funny enough, I actually made my ODI debut on my 21st birthday wow. <laughs> against Ireland. Yeah, was that, that in was, Belfast? That was way back in yeah. Belfast, yeah. What are your memories? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just all in awe. I mean, I was obviously 21. I was young, you know, just wanted to play. And, you know, yeah, I got this opportunity to play for South Africa. I can remember my clothes were still <laughs> way too big for me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I was excited, obviously, you know, yeah. um, and it went well. I mean, I, I, I think I took four for four for twelve. Yeah. on my debut, and 
yeah, it went really well. And then I got a bit of a hurdle or a bit of a speed bump, you know, playing against England, I think, the year after that. Yeah. I lost my spot. Um, and then... How, my, did you, how did you feel about that? Did you think, that's it, I had my moment in the sun and now now I've lost it? Or did you always retain that 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 desire? No, I think, you know, that's that's when the hunger really started kicking in. Um, yeah. You, know, you want to get back. Yeah, I got back feeling a little bit empty, I suppose. Um, also, at the time, I didn't quite know where I was fitting in. Mm. Um, you know, there was no real uh, straight talk or, you know, plan for me set aside. And, you know, okay, Vern, this is what you, uh, this is where we see you and this is what we want from you. Did you have a mentor? Did you have someone you could go to? Yeah, I mean, I had, I had a guy that, you know, that, that, that I could speak to, you know, ever since my junior days, Johannes mm. Adams. Um, he was a Tiger Cricket Club. And, I mean, I got back and also Salih Nakadin, you know, the, the coach at, mm. uh, at Western Province. Or the assistant coach, um, and I said to him, "Look, I don't feel out of touch. I don't feel like anything's going <laughs> wrong. I just don't feel that there was a plan for me, you know. Mm. And I don't feel that that was communicated properly to me either, because um, no one really said to me, you know, you're going to be open the bowling, or you're going to take the ball first change, mm. and you're going to bat at whatever position. So that for me was very unclear. And I mean, I went back and I was like, geez, how do I explain this to myself? You know, and I mean, that to me was the most important thing. I mean, you've got to live with yourself for the rest of your life. And of course." And and, and and trying to understand, you know, where I fitted in was, you know, was the hardest part for me over the over the following probably four or five years. Um, but it also allowed me the opportunity to go and, you know, find myself, yeah. so to speak, um, and also to find a game plan that's going to work for me and, and also obviously for the team at the end of the day and to find it, con- you know, the consistency that I spoke to you about earlier. Um, and that to me, I mean, it yes. I mean, I, I think it took me five years to get back into the side. And did you ever lose hope? <sighs> there was a time where I was, you know, going to give up. Uh, yeah. I'm not give up, but I was going to probably try and play overseas or something, you know. Um, but yeah, then Gary came along uh, after five five years of proper cricket, and I, that to me, it really because he knew you from the past, didn't he? he yeah, knew I mean, you I, from way I, back. I, yeah, I, I played with Gary as well. So I mean. But I think that five years really gave me a platform that I could, number one, you know, create the skill that's yeah. going to work for me. Also to find out plan A, plan B, and maybe a, a go-to plan, plan C, you know, emergency plan. So in hindsight, it was actually a benefit. It was a good thing for me. Um, you had to serve your time in a way, yeah. Absolutely. And I think I'd encourage it, you know, for young players coming through to actually, you know, take a bit of time. Yeah. Go out, you know, and, 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 and play at a level that, you know, there's not so much pressure on you. But also, you get to find yourself and understand your game. Because at international level, I mean, you've, you're in the public eye all the time. Um, you, you're going to be criticized around yeah. every corner. I mean, whether you're doing well or bad, you know, you're going to get Does criticized. that hurt? It hurts in, in a sense where if you failed yourself. Yeah. And that to me in was... In other words, if the criticism, you know if it's justified. Yeah, if it's yeah. justified. But I think the, the, the thing that you take away... So, I mean, there are days where you bowl beautifully and you don't pick up wickets and people will criticize you. Yeah. But you go away knowing, you know what, I've actually done well. You know, and you can live with yourself. But I think when you go away from it and you know yourself deep down, hey, I haven't prepared as, as, you know, as well as I could have. I haven't delivered, you know, what mm. I should have. And now you get criticized that's obviously that hurts because you know you haven't done the work and i mean and that to me you haven't justified your own potential by not obviously you know preparing the yeah, way you should yeah. and, and i think you know there are different ways of looking at it to me i mean if i prepared well and i go for runs i put up my hand and say you know what a better player won on the day yeah um 
And yeah, I mean, for me, it's just to find that, that, yeah, that sense of belonging, number one, and also that you've proven to be there. Um, you know, so I mean, I've, I've, I've gone back over five years and I've basically proved, you know, that I think yeah, so. Yes, that I should be there. You know, <laughs> what is what is it like? Because now you've got um, it's not it's more than a reputation. There's almost a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for when, when the wicket and the conditions suit you and you're in control. People are terrified of you. I mean, you know, whether it's the Australians or what is it like knowing you've got that power? I think it must be amazing. Nah, well, it it does put a hell of a lot of um, responsibility on you as well, you know, because it's almost when you yeah when you face those sort of conditions, people look up to you to you know to to run through them or to really you know knock them over. But I think for me, something that I've really kept simple was. I stick to what I know. Yeah. And I mean, yes, people will fear you, you know, if you can control your skill, you know, and because you're so good at controlling your skill, that's why people fear you. And like I said, people don't fear getting hit. People get fear, you know, getting out. And it's any, any batsman's worst nightmare getting out. Yeah. So if you knock him over in the first innings, he's got to go back and, you know, make some adjustments, you know, whether it's mentally or technically. And then you know you're winning. Um, so for me, it was always, you know, when those con- conditions arise, I'm like, okay, cool. You know what? This is my day. Yeah. And you make sure. Do you know that, that from the first ball? You just make sure. <laughs> you just make sure that you're up for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing. I mean, if you're up for it, everything else will take care of itself. Fantastic. Life must be pretty good for you at the moment. You've got a new kid now. Tell us about that. Yeah, very exciting, eh? <laughs> um, in actual fact, I was I was home. When was it? Two weeks ago, um, and. Uh, I was meant to come up for this Durban heating and, yeah. I, said, and I said, guys, I'm not going to be able to make it first week. Let's <laughs> 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 go. I've got a little one. Um, what did yeah. your boy or girl? Boy Hayden. Oh, very, very exciting. Um, Matthew g- Hayden? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, not, I don't Nothing think so. to do with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Giving me some sleepless nights. But hey, it's, I mean, it, it's eye opener, you know, when, you know, when, yeah, when little one was born. Um, I, I always said, I'm never changing a nappy. And <laughs> yeah, we all said <laughs> and that. And then uh, <laughs> once it's yours, I mean, it, it yeah. just gives you, an, you know, a new perspective on life. And ugh, it's just wonderful, man. Fantastic. Well, listen, it's been fabulous talking to you. Thank you. Congratulations on everything you've done. And I know we're going to hear a lot more for you from you going forward. Vernon Philander, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Vernon Philander, what an incredible story. What a cricketer and what a man. Thanks as usual to Slow in the City for hosting us. Follow us on social media or subscribe via your favorite podcast app for updates. See you next time on the Sport Exchange Podcast. Cheers from John Robbie. 